This is the Chamber Chat Podcast, the show dedicated to chamber professionals to spark ideas and to get actionable tips and strategies to better serve your members and community. And now your host. He is excited that his new home gym is now complete. He's my dad, Brandon Burton. Hello, Chamber Champions. Welcome to Chamber Chat Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Burton, where it's my goal to introduce you to people and ideas to better help you serve your members and your community. Our title sponsor is Holman Brothers Membership Sales Solutions. Let's hear from Tony Felker, President and CEO of the Frisco Chamber, to learn how the Holman Brothers have provided value for him. One of the key benefits that we've realized from Holman Brothers actually happened many years after we started using them. We just completed our new strategic plan and understanding those subtle differences between transactional benefits and transformational benefits, the companies that use what they expect has been a key part in our strategic plan. And we really want to thank Holman Brothers for that. You can learn more about Holman Brothers membership sales solutions by visiting holmanbros.com. Our guest for this episode is Bill Sisson. Bill is the president and CEO of William B. Sisson and Associates, an economic and community development consulting business located in the Atlanta, Georgia area. Prior to starting his business, he served as a president and CEO of the Mobile Area Chamber of Commerce in Mobile, Alabama from 2013 through 2021. Bill also served as executive director for the Mobile, Alabama Airport Authority, from 2008 through 2013. In that position, he was responsible for the Mobile Regional Airport at Bates Field and the Brooklyn Industrial Complex near downtown Mobile. The two airfields combined to make up more than 3,700 acres of prime industrial development property in the central Gulf Coast region. Before joining the airport authority, Bill served as vice president of economic development at the Mobile Area Chamber of Commerce and as Vice President of Business Development at the Birmingham, Alabama uh, Regional Chamber of Commerce. His professional career includes positions held at the University of Southern Mississippi and at Dominion Bank Shares and First Virginia Bank in Roanoke, Virginia. Bill earned his MBA from the University of Alabama and a Bachelor of Business Administration degree from James Madison University in Harrisburg, Virginia. He also holds a diploma from the Institutes of Organizational Management. He's a member of Rotary International and has served on the boards of various local community organizations. He's also served on the board of directors for ACCE, the Committee of 100 of the U.S. Chamber of Commerce and the Business Council of Alabama, and is a past chairman of the Chamber of Commerce Association of Alabama. Bill, I'm excited to have you with me today here on Chamber Chat Podcast. I'd like for you just to take a moment to say hello to all the Chamber champions out there listening and share something interesting about yourself so we can get to know you a little bit better. Well, greetings, everyone. Um, it's a pleasure to be with you this morning, Brandon, and thank you so much for the invitation to, uh, to join you. Um, you asked to share something interesting, and you sort of covered that in the bio in that although I have worked um, in economic and chamber development really for most of my career over 30 years. Um, I did have that stint at the Mobile Airport Authority, and that was decidedly different than than anything (laughs) that I had done before. Um, It probably makes more sense if I explain that um, a lot of economic development was taking place at the the Mobile Airport Authority because of, as you mentioned, uh, the Brooklyn Aeroplex, which is the largest um, industrial, um, you know, site in the in the mid 
the, the mid Gulf Coast. So um, that's where Airbus located um, a number of years ago, and they just recently announced an expansion there, as a matter of fact. So um, that was a different world going into aviation. I'm not a pilot. Yeah. Uh, and in fact, when the um, board of directors came to me to ask me to take the position as executive director there, um, I was at the Chamber of Commerce at the time doing economic development. My first response was, well, I don't know anything about running an airport. <laughs> they said, oh, you can learn that. And, and actually, it did end up being a great experience. So um, that's a, sort of an outlier part of my uh, career, but it was certainly uh, good for me during the process. I could see where that could be a little bit overwhelming, jumping into a field <laughs> that you're totally unfamiliar with, but I see a lot of parallels with the economic yes. development, um, as you mentioned. Absolutely. So, well, share with us, I, I know I shared in your bio, but I'd like for you to share maybe a little bit more background on your background, working at the chamber and economic development work, just to kind of help set the table for our discussion today. And and it may help just to give some perspective to the size of those organizations you worked with as well. Yeah, I'd be happy to do that. Um, while I was in graduate school at the University of Alabama, um, I actually did an assistantship there. I worked for the Alabama Productivity Center. And there was an executive on loan from Alabama Power um, who introduced me to a job that was coming up at the Birmingham Regional Chamber. So people often wonder how people get into the chamber biz. Yep. Um, that's how I fell into it. Um, I'd always been interested in chambers of commerce, you know, even growing up, I was interested in what they did. Um, you know, business development's always been something that um, I have observed and watched and wanted to be involved in. So it was actually a very, really good fit for me. And as they say, the rest is history. Um, I was involved in business development at the chamber in Birmingham, which scale-wise, a very large chamber. Um, they had, I think, 55 on staff, um, you know, 4,000 members. And um, that's where I first got involved in economic development. Um, it's when I went to Chamber Institute, learned more about the, the profession. Um, we were working hand in hand with the separate economic development organization um, in Birmingham called the Metropolitan Development Board. But we still had a very strong role in economic development, which I can go into a little bit more as we continue this discussion. Yeah. Um, but we were basically responsible for ancillary economic development, you know, retail development, um, uh, working with smaller prospects, providing research to the economic development organization and so forth. Um, I left there to go work at the University of uh, Southern Miss. And I worked there and there, I ran their community, um, their Center for Community and Economic Development there. People could get their, their master's degree in economic development in Southern Miss. And so that was uh, you know, a great learning experience for me to understand a little bit more how universities tick because they have a huge role in economic development, as we all know. Um, and then, of course, the research side of that, um, you know, that, that was a great experience. I was then recruited to come back to Alabama to be the economic developer, the vice president of economic development for the Mobile um, Area Chamber of Commerce. And, um, you know, I did that stint for, you know, five, um, almost six years uh, before, as I mentioned, going to the airport authority. And then was brought back to the chamber in Mobile to be the president and CEO, uh, which I was um, in that role until very recently. Um, that chamber also is a large chamber. They have 40 on staff, about a $6 million annual budget, um, a little over 2,000 members. So um, I have primarily worked in larger 
you know, larger chambers, but um, certainly have partnered with smaller chambers um, all along that, you know, along that road. Yeah, and I think that really helps is uh, we haven't mentioned yet what our topic is today, but people may have seen around their podcast player, the topic being the uh, economic development role of every chamber. So not just the big chambers that have that, that task and responsibility of economic development, but even some of these smaller, more local chambers, they have a role as well. So I'm excited to dive into this discussion with you as you've had experience with that direct responsibility and not so much directly. Um, So to get your perspective on that as soon as we get back from this quick break. Are you looking for a year-round affordable and timely shop local campaign for your chamber or CVB? Look no further. Build a custom Eat Shop Play mobile app with App My Community by visiting appmycommunity.com slash chamberchat. App My Community mobile apps are not just simple membership directory listings. They provide many more capabilities to engage with your community. Provide your residents with a robust events calendar. Partner with a local fair, festival, or farmer's market to provide a schedule, map, and other resources to promote the event. Run a small business Saturday campaign any time of the year using built-in scavenger hunts. Allow your membership to communicate directly to their customers via push notifications. Your App My Community mobile app will be a unique member benefit, allow you to generate non-dues revenue with sponsorship opportunities, and best of all, provide a valuable resource to your community. Please visit appmycommunity.com slash chamberchat now to receive 10% off your first year of an App My Community mobile app. Success happens over time, not overnight. It's why Fortune 500 companies and other forward-thinking businesses are shifting to a more continuous learning format to coach and support their salespeople. Holman Brothers Next Level Coaching brings the same ongoing improvement opportunity to chamber membership salespeople. Visit holmanbros.com slash next level to learn more and request a free trial of Next Level Coaching for your membership pro. Oftentimes, Chamber Nation's customers agree that since Amazon is all centralized, then why not their own community, including their professional service providers? Since Chamber Nation includes a full-service membership services department to handle all of your new member onboarding and ongoing support at no extra cost to the members, this is now possible. Once the program is all set up, each member going forward will receive monthly membership ROI reports. The entire community will also have access to community-wide economic development reports that are terrific for supporting grant opportunities, too. With Chamber Nation, not only will you have a membership management system, but also a membership development system all in one terrific package. So, save money and be impressed by visiting richardscalendar.com to set up a demo with their CEO, or learn more at chambernation.com. All right, Bill, we are back. And as I mentioned before the break, our topic of the, the role of economic development for every chamber. So obviously, you've, you've had a, a vast experience with economic development, uh, whether it was something that you were tasked with directly or you were helping to support the economic development agency in your area, all the way to being the director of economic development. So you've seen the, the wide spectrum. So I'd love for you just to, to share from your experience um, 
maybe first of all, let's let's talk about some of the smaller chambers. Um, what what role could a smaller local chamber have in economic development if they're surrounded by you know the 800 pound gorillas in the region that really run away with with economic development? Well, I, I think that. I'm very bullish on the fact that all chambers, no matter the size, no matter whether they have direct role in economic development or not, that they should be involved in that process. So I think as um, a director or a vice president of a chamber, uh, you really ought to be pushing to have a seat at the table. And here's why, really. Um, As we all know, you know, chambers are different in every community. They take on the character of the community in which they're located. Um, This is true. But um, sometimes I hear small chambers say, well, I don't really do economic development, but, yeah. but really they are involved in economic development, if nothing more than on the existing business side of the, side of the equation. Um, I think that a smaller local chamber has um, an extremely important role in helping business prospects, businesses that are, and individuals that are moving to the community, relocating to the community, helping them to connect with existing businesses that are there. Um, And that is a very, very important role. Um, As new businesses relocate, especially if they're coming from overseas, they really want to know, hey, the water's fine here. Right. (laughs) A chamber, even if they're not directly involved in the economic development process, the, the chamber can certainly set up those meetings and help that company to understand the experience, hopefully a positive one, that existing businesses have had and are having um, in the community. And I think maybe most importantly, the chamber can illustrate that it is a pro-business environment in which a business can grow, be happy, healthy, um, and continue to expand and add additional jobs as, as time goes on. So that's one very important role. And there are others. But that one certainly, in my opinion, sort of rises to the surface of what any chamber can do. So as you mentioned, the role of connecting these businesses that are looking to relocate to a certain area and connecting them with existing businesses and showing them you know, how great the community is, um, would you suggest maybe connecting them with other businesses of a similar size, um, maybe different industry, but similar size, or maybe supportive type businesses who could develop a long-term relationship with them? Should they make the move? What, what would be your thinking behind that? So my thinking would be all of that, really. I mean, I think some, um, you know, of course, meetings with similarly sized organizations, similar sectors, but I think also hearing from other sectors and other sized businesses is helpful as well. Um, and of course, the site, if there's a site selector involved in this process, um, they would, of course, help direct that. They would, they would ask you to, you know, find those um, existing businesses that are appropriate for those, for those interviews. But being a facilitator and the convener of that, um, really nobody else that can do that quite like a chamber. Uh, they are the members of the organization. So, um, you know, and, and most existing businesses want to help. They, they want to help and they want to, you know, the sing the praises of the community from the rooftop, so to speak. So um, it's, a, it's a pivotal role in the process. Yeah. What about any kind of, um, yeah, for lack of a better term, I'm going to call it marketing material from a smaller chamber's perspective to maybe as packages are getting put together. Uh, I come from the publishing 
industry, chamber publishing. So I think in terms of a media kit, right? Um, right, right. Somebody wants to do some advertising, you send them some samples, media kits. I, I would anticipate with economic development, there's some sort of package. Um, it's probably done more digitally now, uh, but exactly. maybe, maybe there are some physical items you send, uh, magazines, brochures, maps, you know, things of the, of the area. Um, mm-hmm. Are there things that come to mind, again, from the, the smaller chamber perspective that maybe they ought to be mindful of to try to include in these um, type of packets that go out to these uh, businesses? I'm really glad that you brought that up, Brandon, because I don't think anything has changed as much as that since I've been in this business. Um, you know, it used to be you put those physical packages together right. that you sent out to, to business prospects. Everything's digital now, um, which means that it has to be the it has to be up to date. It has to be very current. There's no forgiving of, um, you know, research or information with whiskers on it that just is not going to work. And I think that it's important for, for chambers to realize that they are the gateway to the community in many cases. So there may be some research that is going on way before anybody locally or at the state level is even contacted by the business or the site selector um, where they're doing some pre, um, you know, work, some some research. So if they have bad information on their on their website, that is going to get the community eliminated pretty quickly. So it's really important for the chamber, regardless of whether they think they have that role or not, to have um, information digitally completely up to date, um, as if they're on display, display, um, you know, at any given moment, which they could be. So that's an, uh, I'm so glad you brought that up because I think a lot of communities miss the mark um, because of because of that. Yeah, I had actually just come across a chamber uh, probably a month ago that really was talking about their relocation guide that they you know their chamber directory relocation guide and their economic development director said you know we use these in our you know packets that we send out for you know trying to recruit businesses to the area because it's a great snapshot of what our community is about. It gives a feel of the vibe and the community layout and all that. That's a great idea to include something like that as you try to attract business to your area. So having something you're proud of to showcase and have, have good articles and information in there that can help guide a decision. So, and and um, also, you know, the service after the sale is, is so important in this work. Um, and a lot of times I see that get, I see that sort of fall through the cracks, but communities that do that well, um, you know, really are, are going to be successful. And what I mean by that is, you know, helping the company assimilate into the community in a positive way. Um, I'll be honest with you. I have seen particularly international companies relocate and do it very well. And I've seen them do it poorly. Um, and, you know, their success in the community has to do with how well they assimilate into the in, into the community. So wherever the chamber can help with that, to help you know connect them, help them to understand what's important in the community, whether it's United Way or or what other you know whatever organization um, is is integral to the community, um, but also helping individuals, families to uh, settle in smoothly, particularly with international prospects. Because those, those families are moving here and know very little of how things really work, you know, how to get a cell phone, checking account, you know, just so many things that we just sort of, you know, sort of do in our sleep. Uh, they've got to start fresh and, and do it in a different way. So anyway, 
Um, one of the things we did at the Mobile Chamber, which I was quite proud of, is develop a program called Mobile Connect, which was all about helping families that were moving to the area to um, connect with, um, you know, Mobilians and to, to sort of develop those friendships quickly so that those folks could be ambassadors and help them, you know, get, get used to the community and to feel a part of the community as quickly as possible. So I'm glad you brought that up because I think that is a, a key part of making a, a move easier, right? To be able to welcome those employees, the company with open arms, help them become part of the community. Um, mm-hmm. What are some examples with Mobile Connect that, you know, some tangible items that, that people can maybe get some of those ideas? Like, yeah, we can implement something like that in our community. How do yeah. you, where do you see success? I'm happy to share that. Yeah. Um, you know, we did bi-monthly, every other month sessions um, where we would have a topic about the community, whether it's the history of the history of the community, um, you know, the arts in the community. Uh, certainly, you know, we did an economic development, um, you know, section of that as well to help them understand how economic development, you know, works in, in, in the community. But it also provided a social environment because we always, um, you know, had you know, heavy hors d'oeuvres and encouraged people to invite the newcomers out to dinner afterwards um, to, you know, make those connections as, as quickly as possible. But giving them sort of a, an overview of the community, um, I kind of, uh, you know, I, I explain it. It's sort of like a leadership class, except for the newcomers so that they can learn more about the community quickly. And it was wildly successful. I, I was sort of surprised at how appreciative they were, um, the newcomers were, to learn about the community and to understand a little bit more about the arts fabric and and so forth. So, you know, I would highly recommend people look at that, maybe in just some simple way, maybe one session, you know, but do something like that to help people to connect quickly. So as you were explaining about that, it made me think, yeah, I've seen before where a big corporation moves to a city and they get a lot of attention from the city, from the chamber, economic development. And you know, you're always going to have a handful of those chamber members that feel slighted. Like you're giving all the attention to the, the big corporation that just moved here. But if they can have a role in helping to welcome them, helping them to integrate into the community, I can see where that really strengthens the relationship, even with those existing members to say, look, you've got a new customer base. You're making new connections here. You've, I mean, it just supports everything. Um, so I think that is such a key part to, to not shun, you know, the, your existing members, but make them be a part of welcoming these new companies into town. Yeah, Brandon, you've actually cracked the code there. <laughs> no, seriously, um, we saw it as a way to not only help the new business coming and certainly the families coming, but as a, a way to thank our um, investors um, who were so involved in the process and, and helping us help them to make those connections. Because, you know, the bonus is, is that in many cases, they develop those relationships and they end up being able to do business with, you know, some of those businesses that are, that are coming to the area. So we saw it as a membership retention tool as well. Yeah, absolutely. So, Maybe share with us some some thoughts from the larger chamber perspective. Um, they are tasked with economic development. They may have dedicated staff, you know, a number of staff dedicated towards economic development. 
Um, I think some of this is becomes a little bit obvious because especially those listening, they're kind of in the trenches and they're, they've been trained and they go to seminars and everything, they certifications, they, they know kind of the ins and outs, but I'm curious from a larger chamber perspective, how can they work together with some of those smaller chambers within their region to really boost economic development as a whole? I think um, one of the main ways that, that to sort of be a regional approach with all the regional chambers involved would be in the trade show arena. Um, you know, I'm a big believer in when you're showcasing your community at, say, like uh, the Paris Air Show, for example, that you have a regional push. Um, and that means involving um, the other economic development organizations in the region, maybe throughout the state. Um, but certainly the Chambers of Commerce in that area, invite them to come along, be a part of the booth, um, be a part of the process, because I think whenever you can show that your community is um, united and that it will be sort of a one-stop shop for the business if they relocate, relocate to the area, that is a huge positive for the community. So that's one you know, easy way to um, to have that regional push that's so important in this in this business. And so, talent attraction, workforce development—they're hot topics in the chamber world. Um, economic development as well. So they're very closely related to economic development. It's kind of a chicken or an egg kind of a thing, though, mm-hmm. as, as I see it. You either have the workforce to support that company, or you're trying to attract the company and then hope with a promise that you can deliver the workforce. Um, how do you think a community goes about workforce and talent attraction? I think really focusing on YP programs, um, I, I think is in, incredibly important these days to um, sort of like I was talking about with that Mobile Connect program, to have uh, similar programs that are geared towards college graduates or about to be college graduates to help them connect with businesses in the local community. If your community is fortunate enough to have a university, um, there should be a lot of effort in helping those students to stay in your community and to end up with a job in your community. So programs to help make those connections, to to help the businesses to to connect with those soon-to-be graduates, it's golden. And uh, again, I, I see a lot of communities sort of forgetting to do that. And if you just rely on businesses to reach out to those local graduates, you're probably going to be disappointed. Um, as we all know, they will often complain that they can't find their workforce, but they're not necessarily going to have a, an organized program for reaching out to the local university graduates. So that's where the chamber can come in. And I mean, we're the best conveners out there, right? Yeah. And, and so that's an example of convening and bringing together those um, the, the, that workforce with, with business in the local area. Yeah, and I think being that, that convener, that facilitator of setting up some internships, you know, in the sophomore and junior year of a, of a college student is so critical for them to see, I, I can stay here. You know, I love you know, going to school here. Why wouldn't I develop, you know, build my, my life here after graduation? Exactly. Um, And then, you know, of course, that same program can be used to attract uh, college graduates from outside of the the region as well. So um, if a chamber does not have such a program, they need to get to work on on developing that kind of program 
because as it's so much cliche to say, but the workforce today, they move where they want to move. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they're not just necessarily just moving to where, you know, the industry is or, or the business is. They're going to pick their location. So chambers need to be involved in helping sell the community that, hey, this is a great place um, to, to live, work, and eventually, you know, raise a family perhaps. Absolutely. Well, as we start to wrap things up here, I wanted to ask you if you might have one tip or an action item for chamber champions listening that they might be able to do to lift their organization up to the next level. You know, plain and simple, I, um, you know, if you're not already involved in your state uh, chamber association, um, I'm a big believer in ACCE. Um, I'm also a big believer in education through, you know, podcasts like, like, like that you facilitate, Brandon. Those are ways to continue to learn and to network. And I just look back on my career and I think that where I grew the most and learned the most were in those associations where I could meet with people that were dealing with the same things that, that I was dealing with. Um, and maybe I could not make the mistake that they made. Um, maybe I could share a mistake that I made, you know, it's just um, a great way to learn and to continue to grow. The other thing is, and I had a professor years ago, um, you know, because I'm an old guy now, but years ago, he said, one piece of advice is to not be tied down to a house or a community too much. Hmm. Um, it's very easy to be um, comfortable wherever, you know, you're located. But in many cases in the chamber business, if you're going to advance, you have to be willing to make some moves. Um, now, having said that, I completely respect if somebody wants to sort of stay in place while their kids are in those formative years and in middle and high school or, or whatever. But I think the willingness to move to advance the career, that's not bad advice um, at all. Yeah. And that, that may be a tough one for somebody to, to swallow. You get so committed in your community to then uproot and start over at a new community. That can be a Absolutely. tough, tough, tough <laughs> pill, So, um, Well, I like asking everyone that I have on the show this question is, as we look to the future of Chambers of Commerce, how do you see the future of Chambers and their purpose going forward? I think that Chambers... Um, must get more and more involved in entrepreneurial activity. Mm-hmm. And, and that has been a big change since I first got, um, you know, into this business. Now, I think, you know, the entrepreneurial side is overshadowing everything else. And I really like it because it, it, it enables um, a framework for so much more diversity, equity, and inclusion than typical economic development. And, you know, it leads to the business community beginning to look more like the the, the demographics of the community in which the the chamber is located. What I mean by that is, um, you know, we started an incubator at the Mobile Chamber while I was there. We were fortunate to get an EDA grant. Um, It has exceeded every expectation we had as it relates to diversity, equity, and inclusion in that over 60% of the businesses are either minority or women-owned. Um, that have started up out of that out of that incubator. Um, that's more. That's more like it. That's more like the true face yeah. of the community. So I see that certainly as the future. Um, and I, I think that the convening role that I talked about earlier, 
that's the future. We will continue to be a great convener organization in any community. I've always joked that, you know, being in the chamber business ensures that your conservative friends will swear that, that you know, the chamber <laughs> and you are, you know, wildly liberal and your liberal friends think that the chamber is all about corporate greed and such, right? Yeah, yeah. So I guess that the, the true testament of that is that we're in the same middle, which, um, you know, that's a very strong position to be in as far as being able to convene all parties and bring all parties to the table. So I hope that doesn't change, but I think that will continue into the future. Yeah. And I think that need is so much more right now to be able to yes. be that, that same middle, that same center to, to bring together both sides and say, yeah, we are working towards a common goal here. So absolutely. Yes. Uh, I love your response about entrepreneurship uh, at the chamber. I have not heard that response and the, the tie to entrepreneurship and diversity, equity, inclusion. I think that's so spot on. And I see that. I see that as, as you embrace the, the entrepreneurs in your community, you're going to see more of that reflection of the, the demographic in your community. Absolutely. And I would, I would just add one thing, Brandon, and that would be, you know, you can't recruit your way to mirroring the demographics of your community. It's very difficult to do, but you can begin to develop it from within. Um, and that's the beauty of that entrepreneurial, um, you know, economic development. I love that. Hopefully everybody took a note of that and start putting together a plan. (laughs) (laughs) But Bill, this has been great having you on the podcast. I wanted to give you a chance to share any contact information. Um, I know you've, you've recently retired, so you might be a little harder to find than you were in the past. So what would be the best way for a listener to reach out and connect with you? Yeah, I um, I retired from the chamber biz, so to speak, but I've started my own consulting company and, um, you know, I'm gathering clients um, as we speak. I will be doing international economic development, um, kind of what I talked about earlier, helping uh, businesses that are relocating to the United States to um, understand and easily assimilate into the community in which they're locating. Um, so if anybody needs any help with that, certainly reach out to me. Um, it's William B. Sisson at Gmail. Um, William B. Sisson and Associates. I'm on LinkedIn, and um, I would love to to um, connect and partner and do whatever um, that uh, could come out of uh, potential relationships with folks related to consulting. So I appreciate um, your allowing me to to be with you today and certainly to provide that contact information. Thank you, Brandon. Absolutely, and we'll get that contact information in our show notes as well. So somebody's walking the dog or driving in the car and can't write it down, just go to the show notes and you'll find it in there. Um, but Bill, this has been great, great discussion. And I appreciate you spending time with me today here on Chamber Chat Podcast, providing great value to the listeners. This has been a, a wonderful discussion. So thanks a lot. Thank you, Brandon. And thank you for what you do. If you are a chamber professional, please subscribe to Chamber Chat Podcast in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. When you subscribe to Chamber Chat Podcast, new episodes will show up in your podcast app each week as they are released. If you're finding value in this podcast, please leave us a rating and a review in iTunes. But most importantly, please share Chamber Chat Podcast with your colleagues that are in the industry. Would you be interested in creating even more value from the processes that you're already doing on a daily basis? Swipe It has been one of my sponsors for Chamber Chat from the beginning. 
Swipe provides credit card payment solutions that will save your chamber up to 40% on your processing fees. And Swipe It can integrate your credit card processing seamlessly into your existing membership software. Swipe It does not charge chambers to switch, and they will make switching simple. In addition to these savings, Swipe It has an affinity program for Chambers of Commerce so you can earn more non-dues revenue to support your budget. Learn more about Swipe It by requesting your free cost savings analysis and become more profitable today by visiting chamberchatpodcast.com slash cc as in credit card. Again, that's chamberchatpodcast.com slash cc and you can join many other chambers as you begin swiping with swipe it.